Do you go with the flow? Join us each week as we take one topic from classical Christian education and ask ourselves whether or not we're going with the flow. Welcome back to Going With The Flow, a River Academy podcast. My name is Tyler Howitt, and before we get started uh, in our continuation of our series on marriage, I wanted to encourage each and every one of you to take a second and go find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast, and rate us. Uh, and also subscribe. Uh, it'll help us to be discovered. Uh, it's that, that doesn't feed our ego or anything like that, but what it does is help us to reach a wider audience. We think that we've got some decent content here and would like more people to be able to, to listen into it. We also encourage you to interact with us. You can find us on Facebook at Going With The Flow, a River Academy podcast. You can also find us at www.theriveracademy.org. There's a link right up at the top right-hand side of the page. And also, that's our school's website. You can find out a little bit more about the school and the things that we're doing there. This is our third episode in a series on marriage. We've got at least one more episode planned and then quite a few more episodes uh, that, you know, that Eric has got swimming around in his brain um, that he's got cooking. We've got some really fun stuff coming down the pipe. But before we get to that, Eric is going to bring to you an interview with Paul and Kim Barger, owners of Strength of Life Counseling Services. The Bargers have over 40 years of combined experience working in a variety of settings, including psychiatric inpatient, adolescent and adult residential, and private practice services. Paul and Kim are fascinating to talk to. Uh, you won't hear me in the interview, but I was sitting there and, and listening to it. Eric kind of uh, you know, conducted the entire thing. I kind of just sat back and, and learned. It was amazing to hear them speak and hear their perspective. They keep Christ at the center of all of their treatment. They keep uh, their, the Lord in focus in everything, but they also have fantastic knowledge of counseling and, uh, and they really know people and they know how to talk to people and they keep a very real view of humanity uh, in the middle of everything. And so without further ado, here is our interview with Paul and Kim Barger. Well, I am here this morning with some friends of mine, Paul and Kim Barger. And not only are they friends, uh, but they uh, helped my wife and I when we were uh, when we were stuck in our marriage. And so it's really exciting for me to have them on our show this morning. But let's start, uh, Paul and Kim, by just telling us a little bit about yourselves and telling us a little bit about your counseling practice here in Wenatchee. Yes, well, it's certainly glad to be here with you, Eric, and uh, it's been a pleasure to know you over the years and uh, get to know you more so, even through this uh, this format. And fix me. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing pretty well these days, just from what I'm observing. God's kindness. <laughs> a little bit about ourselves. It's the story of a Washington boy meets Florida girl in graduate school in Virginia at Regent University. We met in 92 and got married in 93 and finished our graduate program, our graduate studies together as husband and wife in 93. Uh, we have three boys. Um, Taylor, our oldest, is married now two and a half years. He's 25 here in the Valley. And uh, Austin is finishing up his uh, uh, business and marketing uh, degree in December at Washington State University. And Go he'll Cougs. be- <laughs> Can I say that? Yes, you can. <clears throat> he would love that. 
<laughs> and then uh, Logan is our youngest. He's 19. He's at Biola for his second year of studying uh, engineering physics. Uh, awesome. And, uh, and how long have you guys been uh, counseling here in Wenatchee? Tell us a little bit about Strength of Life and you're growing, so that's kind of fun. Yes. We moved here in uh, September of 07, so we've been here now 12 years, just just past 12 years, and uh, have been growing uh, quite rapidly. Um, there's always bumps along the way and uh, uh, fits and starts, but uh, we're really excited with the team we have now. There's uh, seven therapists working here with us and two administrative staff. We relocated to our new um, uh, location here down on the avenue. Uh, in the Halbert building um, the end of March of this year. So doubled our square footage so we could um, expand and offer more services and uh, certainly make it more conducive to um, the clientele that come, including the little kids. Yeah, and I just saw their, I just took a tour of their building and they've got great little spaces for kids. And so that's, that's really exciting. And it's so exciting that you're growing. Uh, and that leads me to my second question. Um, you're growing, you're Christian counselors, and you're growing rapidly in Wenatchee. Is it normal for well-meaning Christian couples to need counseling? And I think what I mean by this is it seems like many of us as Christians marry awesome people. I can say that for myself. I definitely married up. Uh, great compatibility. You know, my wife is awesome, and and I'm okay most of the time or <laughs> half of the time. But anyways, we share the same values and yet we still run into significant bumps along the way. Why is this? I mean, shouldn't just the fact that we're all Christians and that we marry Christians make it so that we have blissful marriages? Um, actually, because we are Christians, uh, that means we won't have a blissful marriage, and I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit. <laughs> wow, that's a, a, you do need to unpack that. That, is, that, I was, that was a curveball. I wasn't thinking you were going to say that, but that's great. Now I'm excited. Yeah, so specifically related to the Christians, uh, we're now in a position as Christians where we're actually um, engaged in a battle and aware of a battle, and the mm -hmm. battle is on three fronts. The battle is uh, uh, our own flesh, mm. which has been displaced by our new nature. And uh, it doesn't like being displaced. It wants yeah. back on the throne. Uh, we're battling the world and how it thinks about everything, uh, life, relationships, uh, why we do what we do. And uh, they're opposed to how we as believers understand how actually life is supposed to mm. work. And then the third battlefront is the enemy himself and mm. his cohorts and minions. And uh, he's out to destroy us because we are children of God and he hates everything that God loves. Hmm. So we will, by just the nature of the battle, be having problems. Yeah. Oh, that's really, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to me that you make a connection there between, so obviously we all know that, that we are fighting a battle against the enemy, but it's interesting that we're fighting a battle against ourselves too. Uh, hmm. And that, we don't always think about that, but I think that's really true. And mm -hmm. and I like that you describe it as like uh, we're, we've got a new nature, but then we have the old nature, and the old nature says, no, 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 keep me on the throne. But the new nature says, no, 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 surrender it to Jesus. And that mm -hmm. just in and of itself is a battle. So that's really interesting. Yeah, And more so uh, specifically to the marital uh, relationship and dynamic, um, it's certainly a reflection of who God is with his bride, the church, and so that has unique and special meaning to him, that relationship. Mm. And so the marriage is a reflection of that dynamic, which means it's close to his heart, which then means the enemy is out to destroy it more so. Mm. So the marital relationship is the place 
I think, where the enemy uh, wants to focus his, uh, his um, concentration and efforts to destroy us hmm. because it's close to the heart of who God is. Hmm. So now that we've established that it's normal for us as Christians to come up against bumps and, and even, as you put it, battles, battles against ourselves, battles against the enemy, battles in, even against the, the uh, as you pointed out, Christ, you know, that the, the, the Christ's relationship with the church is, that, is likened to that of a marriage. So this is like really an epic battle for the, how does Christ relate to the church? Well, it's best displayed in marriage. And so, of course, the enemy is going to be out to, uh, you know, out to destroy that. So, uh, so we know that there's going to be conflict. What are some of the most common issues that you see Christian couples facing that hang them up or that cause them to get stuck or, or barriers that, that prevent them from growing? Hmm. Uh, when couples come in or individuals come in, a lot of what they're uh, putting on the forms are issues related to uh, adultery or affairs, hmm. uh, sexual addiction, uh, communication or conflict management problems, anger issues, uh, a lot of anxiety and depression is on the uptick these days in our culture. Hmm. Grief and loss, grief and loss issues of all kinds, and then uh, parenting and family dynamics. Hmm. Those would be some of the common things are coming in uh, for help with, and um, th- those are kind of in my mind um, just the, uh, the the battleground where the sanctification process is taking place and the manifestation of, of issues related to that process that we're all in, hmm. manifest in those specific uh, areas. Uh, so I want to get into some of the specifics of, of ways that you, that you help couples when they run into these, uh, to these stumbling blocks or these points of, of struggle. But before we do that, one of the things that I am wondering about is uh, you know, you mentioned some really big things there, affairs and addictions and, uh, you know, is there hope? Is there hope for people when you come up against these these big barriers like this? Um, can God redeem that? Uh, certainly he can, and that's why we stay in the business we're mm-hmm. in, <laughs> because we have hope uh, in him. Thankfully, the burden is not on us to uh, help people solve their problems, but we're able to, uh, just in terms of our own story and uh, what we've been trained to do, point them to the one who is the God of hope. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the process varies quite a bit uh, from couple to couple, but are there some common, uh, some common themes or some, uh, some ways in which you guys uh, typically will help couples get past their stuck points? In marriage? Yes, I think I'll address that one. Um, there are a lot of ways that we help individuals that come in. Uh, we call it our toolbox and all the tools that we have in our toolbox, but there's too many to, to discuss for um, the sake of the time here, but I thought about hitting on two concepts that we find to be Uh, most helpful that we do right out of the gate. Um, Their self-awareness and self-management. So under um, self-awareness, first we look at the whole person. We look at the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. Because if one part is not working, um, it affects the whole person. So um, before we even get into self-awareness, 
we always look at what they're eating. Mm. We look at exercise. We look at their spiritual growth and development, how they're basically taking care of the whole person. Mm. And the one that is in most need, uh, we usually will uh, focus on Mm. first. But in the area of self-awareness, there's a lot of different things that we do in this area, and I'm going to touch on seven briefly. we all seem to be lacking in self-awareness. Um, uh, if we're walking in relationship and community, like you mentioned in your last podcast, um, it helps to be in a small group mm-hmm. type of setting because then we speak into each other's lives and mm-hmm. we kind of walk out life together. Mm-hmm. And that helps a lot if, of course, our friends will speak into our life. Oftentimes they're afraid to do so. Um, and so... The first thing under self-awareness that we focus on is who does Christ say we are Mm. and who do you say you are? Mm. And the gap between that is anywhere on a continuum Mm. um, with um, just irrational thoughts and ideas, and we do some gentle confronting of that. Mm. Um, We dive into childhood. Um, Most individuals, especially men, don't like that very much. But we do have to know where we came from to know where we're going. So um, we look at abuse and soul wounds. And um, most of the time when they come to us, they have not been dealt with. And so that's why the process can take a year or two because we have to kind of help them understand how some of the things that went on is actually affecting their functioning today, both as spouses and parents. So um, another thing that we like to do is personality assessments. And you mentioned the Enneagram, which I happen to love. Um, uh, So we look at the Enneagram. We look at the Myers-Briggs at times. We look at other types of marital assessment that help us with Mm self-awareness. Who am I? How am I wired? Um, What are some of my uh, weaknesses and strengths? And how do we as the Sanfords used to say, grind each other in marriage. Mm. And it's in that grinding that we grow or not. We also assist in um, helping individuals identify things like defense mechanisms. They were much needed as children to survive, but they're not helpful in marriage. And so we help identify those Um, educate our clients as to why you are utilizing it oftentimes subconsciously and how it might be hindering our communication and our connection so we got to drop those defense mechanisms Um, one of the things we also do is we help our clients understand a trigger they'll say things like I don't know why I said that and why I do that And so we're basically trying to track fruit to root, Mm -hmm. saying, well, this is a trigger, and this is rooted in this that happened and this belief. And most of the time, the way that we respond to our spouses doesn't have anything to do with the current conflict, but has everything to do with what we believe and some of those unresolved issues. So we do a lot of trigger work. Um, And this is everybody's favorite. The next one is we educate to feelings and emotions because they're very, very powerful. And um, so feelings drive behavior, big time. And um, so we help each couple develop an emotional vocabulary. 
for example, we'll say, well, how do you, Eric, feel about when Jen said that? And you'll tell me what you think about it. And I'll say, no, that's what you think about it, but how do you feel about it? And we get this blank look. And then what happens as we continue to push is they get irritated and frustrated because they do not have in their brain the wiring for emotional intelligence. And so emotional intelligence is um, very, very important, emotional vocabulary. Basically, if we cannot identify again what we're feeling, we certainly cannot manage ourselves. Um, this then runs into all kinds of addictions and dysfunctional mm. behaviors. Um, everything from porn to shopping to eating to not eating mm. to all the things that we do to alter the way we currently feel. And then it brings in the toxic shame to follow. So basically, mm. it's a downward spiral. Spiral. Uh, the brain processes information in 500 milliseconds, hmm. but the emotional brain processes information in two milliseconds. Hmm. Meaning, so if you get triggered, you're gonna respond from a subconscious state, and all kinds of stuff is gonna be said, and you're gonna be like, hmm, where'd that come from? So this is one reason why our prisons are full and our divorce rates are so high. The last point I wanna talk about under self-awareness is we love attachment styles. Hmm. Um, we educate to that according to Tim Clinton and Gary Sipsey's book. And we love this book, Why You Do the Things You Do, or the old book was just called Attachments, and for some reason, hmm. that's the book now. Hmm. And so there's four main types, avoidant, ambivalent, disorganized, and secure. Hmm. Obviously, we're all searching for a secure attachment. Hmm. And so these are formed literally wired in our brain as small children by looking into the faces of our parents and how they love and nurture us, it wires our brain for so many constructs that we can't go into it. But this is the way that we then will look at our spouse and interpret everything through those lenses. Mm -hmm. So if you're both avoidant, like we are, <laughs> both avoided, it'd be like, hmm, I don't think I want to talk about that. Do you? Mm. No. Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> and so, makes for a long night. Two avoidance getting married says it might take three months to resolve a conflict. <laughs> um, if you're disorganized, that's the explosive types mm. of um, things that happen. So, we won't go into all those, but you can get the book. And uh, it's a phenomenal book. So we so self-awareness comes in many, many different forms, and that's just seven. Hmm. Do I have time to talk about self-management? Okay. Yeah. So the next before, thing. Before you talk yes. about self-management, though, I just want to, there's a couple things that you said, Kim, that I'm fascinated by. One of, so uh, one of the things that you said is, <laughs> is fruit to root. And um, that, that phrase, uh, it, it seems, when you say it, it's like, well, duh, you know, I mean, Jesus talks about fruit and, and he says actually, well, can a bad tree grow good fruit? So obviously we know that this is, this is kind of cause and effect of life, but then for some reason, we don't, we don't think about uh, that when it comes to our relationships, like, oh, maybe the bad fruit that I'm experiencing is actually caused by some deep root within myself. So that was, that was really helpful. Okay, now you can talk about okay. uh, now you can talk about our self-management. 
So once we all, including us, we are no experts in this, even though we've been at it a very long time. Once we all begin to understand ourselves, then we have to learn how to manage ourselves. Mm. And again, there's many, many different components of self-management, everything from what goes into our mouth to what we say to what we do to, it's an enormous concept. I'm only gonna talk about three components of it here today. Um, so once we, again, one, once again, once we understand it, we can then learn how to manage emotions and feelings. Um, one, one concept that I love, and every client I have ever worked with knows I love the word containment. Mm. Containment is taught when we're very little. So we get a boo-boo, we run to mom, mom nurtures us, loves us, and we run off and play. Mm. We go to elementary school and our friend says, you're fat or you're ugly, and we get a boo-boo in mm. our heart, we run to mom, mm. sometimes dad, but in the earlier years, it's normally mom. And to the degree that they love us well and nurture us well, we learn how to contain because mom and dad are role models on containment. Mm. This is how we deal with sadness. This is how we deal with anger. Mm. This is how we deal with rejection. And now, it didn't happen in my generation, but now bullying. Mm. Um, and so if mom and dad don't do that well, and let's say that we overwhelm them, and oftentimes that's what we hear in our office mm. is ourselves overwhelm them so mm. they reject and push away, you don't learn. So then when you get married, you don't have containment. Mm. Therefore, you react, overreact, say things, do things, or just basically file for divorce, mm. thinking you've married the wrong person and, and mm. you have not. Mm. Uh, you're just not understanding what's going on. So we love containment, we teach containment. Mm. The second con uh, concept is, um, while they're learning containment and self-awareness, we help put a structure in place. Oftentimes when marriages come to us, they are in very bad places. They mm. wait to the very end. They're on, mm. the, they're, you know, they're on the end of the mm -hmm. race and they're really ready just to say, we tried counseling too and nothing mm -hmm. worked. So um, we help put a structure in place to help them contain to increase their positive emotional connections and decrease their negative interactions. Mm -hmm. So we, 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 we put things in place like, you need to take a time out when you're activated. Mm -hmm. We teach them how to do self-emotional regulation. How do we calm down? When we would have a conflict early on, the entire room would spin. Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk, uh. the whole room would spin. And I didn't know what is mm. happening. Some people can't breathe. Mm. Some people just take off running or drinking. So we try to help them learn. This is how you calm yourself. This is how you take time out. Mm -hmm. And then you come back and you try again. If they cannot do it, they only do it in our office with us. Mm. Therefore, we're preserving, mm -hmm. giving them hope that you are learning and growing how to connect hear each other and you can do this thing mm -hmm. right yeah right so we put some structures in place and then um under self-management um this is kind of a, a different concept but i'm going to say it here anyways the healing of our wounds and traumas are very very important mm -hmm. so we can learn how to talk and we can learn who we are and we can learn our personality profile 
I put those things in topical issues. Mm -hmm. But the deeper issues that take the longer time are the healing of the wounds and traumas. Because Mm -hmm. if I don't deal with my wounds and traumas, I'm going to be triggered at every turn. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and say, well, I'm a number five on the Enneagram, and that means this, and you're a nine, but I'm still overly triggered. Mm -hmm. That information will not help me. So we go into these deep places of soul wounds, traumas, Mm -hmm. everything from abuse to rape to neglect, you name it. Mm -hmm. And we invite Jesus in through inner healing prayer Mm -hmm. and he shows up and he transforms um, uh, those issues of wounds. We also do an incredible therapy called lifespan integration where we actually help the brain process out the trauma Mm -hmm. and it literally rewires itself. Trust me on this, it's one of the most profound therapies I've used, and you can Google it and look it up yourself. Um, but it is transformational. Yeah. And we invite Jesus into that as well. This is not a man skill, this yeah. is a Jesus skill. So um, the healing of our wounds basically are very, very important along with these other things. Nothing lies dormant. Yeah. It always, always bubbles to the top. And so, um, so that's a little bit about, those are a few things that we do. Right, honey. Two of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite analogies that you guys gave when I was in counseling. Uh, so, um, well, my, I guess my favorite one I, uh, is that you guys said that um, you can't just take the wounds and push them outside of the house. You know, you, we think that if we shove it outside the house, that it won't exert influence on us. But in reality, when you shove it outside the house. Um, it, it, it actually exerts more influence on us. Instead, we've got to invite those things into the house to deal with them. We've got to face them. We've got to stare those wounds and hurts and things right in the face and say, okay, yeah, that is impacting me. It's not as though that was in the past, but it's actually still affecting me today. And to, and to um, piggyback on that, Eric, we live in non-reality. Yeah. You cannot heal a thing hmm living in non-reality. A lot of people know that as denial, where you stuff it and you bury it, that is simply a place of non-reality. The only place Christ meets us is in truth. Mm. And so if we're not gonna stand on truth and be able to say, yes, this happened and it's affecting me, then we can't, we can't even swing the bat and run to first base. It's interesting that you say that we live in non-reality. We think of people who live in non-reality as that those are the dreamers, right? But in, in a sense, all of us do. We do. Yeah, we all live in we non-reality. Do. We take our glasses into rose-colored glasses and we put them on so my husband used to. And, and it would be, I had a little house on the prairie childhood. And I'll say, now take the rose glasses off. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is really good. Uh, so uh, just a couple more questions. Um, so what uh, what about for couples who are who are doing well? Uh, maybe they've they've you know been down this road and they've kind of gotten some of the clarity that they've needed in terms of healing wounds. What habits do you recommend to keep growing to um, you know to help us to stay faithful to one another and faithful to our Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what comes to mind are the spiritual disciplines, and even saying that, everyone cringes usually. <laughs> unless you like, unless you're a person who likes that, you know, like just get, grit your teeth and you know buckle down and do it, you know. So but, what I like about that word is the, the the root of the word is disciple, which which then implies the context of relationship for our own formation. 
And so uh, prayer is literally dialogue with God, which means talking and listening. So time with the Lord is crucial for just continued growth and awareness. Certainly reading his word, being in the word, which I'll, I'll talk about or I'll phrase as accessing reality, mm. back to a point we were just talking about. Mm. I say it this way, God uh, lives in reality all the time. The rest of us just visit once in a while. So he's wanting us in reality. How he, how he sees it is how it is. So if we're talking with him in his word, we're going to be accessing reality increasingly. Then fellowship in the community of believers is mm. crucial. Mm. Nothing happens uh, good outside of relational connection. Mm. So our own continued growth is necessary in the context of relationship and community. And then, as Kim pointed out earlier, just personal care. To the degree we value ourselves, we'll take care of ourselves. Mm. And that doesn't mean just uh, exercise and nutrition. It also means what, what makes us uh, uniquely come alive in terms of creativity and hobbies and interests. And how are we doing in terms of developing and manifesting those, uh, those creative giftings? Mm. So those things are um, necessary for ongoing growth and formation. I'm fascinated that you said nothing happens outside of meaningful connection to other people. Uh, that, that's a really strong statement, and yet uh, I, I think that it's really true. And f- but the, the weird thing is that for some reason we struggle with that, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. In some ways we're, we're more isolated than we've, we've ever been mm-hmm. in history, at least uh, that would be my uh, perception. Mm-hmm. Why is it that we run from that personal connection, from that in-depth, you know, from deep relationships with other people? I'd say that we um, were fearful. We've been wounded, hmm. um, starting from very young years all the way up through school, high school, uh, peers, parents, spouses. We've been wounded, and because we don't know how to deal with our wounds in a way that is resolved and helpful, then we end up um, pulling away, isolating, avoiding. Hmm. You know, And then we've always got the devil saying, I wouldn't go do that. Don't you go do that. Hmm. Don't you know what happened last time? And so we isolate. Um, And also, some of our personality profiles have a greater propensity to isolation as well. Mm -hmm. And so that can make it very difficult, especially the introverts like myself. I just didn't stay home all the time. Mm -hmm. And so he has to force me to go and do something social. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always succeed. I would just make one other comment. It goes all the way back to the garden. Uh, The the first recorded question that God asked mankind is, where are you? Mm -hmm. Not, what did you do? Yeah. So he's he's addressing the issue of sin and our nature um, violating and moving us into isolation, violating relationship itself and moving us into isolation. So his goal and, and interest is to reconnect. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's as if we don't want to be known. Mm-hmm. And yet the very thing that will save us is to be known. Right, and to know. Yeah, yeah and, and to, to know. know. There's one other thing that we value greatly and, um, and it was building agreements. We don't do that when we get married. We have manuals for everything we do, but not for marriage, mm. except, of course, the Bible. We build agreements in every area. Mm. Parenting, money, in-laws, extracurricular. We talk about it. We walk, we walk it out. We put it in front of us. It reduces conflict so that we can mm. focus on the big things that matter. So uh, this is interesting that you bring this up, Kim, because... Uh, it seems to me, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like the roots of, of what's going on inside us are the things that cause the explosions. But actually, it's oftentimes those explosions happen over the really practical issues of, 
of what kind of activities are we going to have our kids participate in or how are we going to spend our money as a couple so it's like these really simple things where if we would just like come up with an agreement as a as a couple Mm -hmm. um you know it might save us mountains of hurt and heartache because my wife happens to spend money differently than I do, and then all of a sudden, kabam, that strikes a root, and then here we are in World War II. Um, so, yeah, I, that's really uh, interesting. We actually walk out agreements in every area with our couples, if they're willing, every area. And we give them uh, copies of ours as a guide to say, this is what it looks like. Because they're like, what do you mean? If the, what do you mean build an agreement? <laughs> okay, so... Putting putting you on the spot, don't don't you don't have to tell us what your agreements are, but what are the area like? What are the most critical areas of life where we've got to have agreements? Parenting, parenting, definitely yeah. money, money, in yeah. in uh, families, relatives, family. yeah, sexuality, yeah. sexuality. Huh. You know, our spiritual. We have an agreement that we will both pursue our spiritual relationship with the Lord that this is is not gonna fall along the wayside because life gets too busy we have an agreement of what things I do in the home and what things he does in the home we don't want this to sound like it's this rigid thing that says you do this and I do this but it does give us a framework Mm -hmm. of which we function to reduce those conflicts Mm -hmm. so um one of the things that I'm thinking about is you. It's not. It's not like this is like a, a binding contract that's meant to restrict us. But in in a sense, it's actually something that it, we use to. Um, it's something that we use to actually give ourselves freedom. It's like it's these boundaries with with which we can play in, um, and we know. Okay, the other person. We've got. We've established it. You know. We've kind of put the fences up, and now we can play freely happily in the backyard it's a a concept that greg mcpherson taught us when we saw him for some help uh he said it provides two things it provides unity and direction Mm -hmm. yeah which then goes to what you're saying uh, eric in terms of just the freedom yeah yeah well paul and kim i feel like we could talk to you about this all day but we're actually getting to the close of our time and so uh so maybe what i will do is i will reach out to you at a at a later time and we'll get you back on the show because i feel like this is stuff that our people need to hear but i just want to thank you thank you for being on our show this has been super helpful and um and just so grateful that you would take time to help us because really all of us when we get married we want to have a happy marriage we want to to live well together but like you say we run into these snags and so thank you thank you for helping us thanks for listening to going with the flow a river academy podcast follow us on facebook at the river academy and find us online at www.theriveracademy.org also rate and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts